This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to the Diesel Power Products Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything between owning, operating, or building a diesel pickup. We post new episodes every Wednesday. How things are going, hopefully we'll get stuck in a space-time continuum. Oop. Pretty good. That's not bad. Okay, I think we're gonna keep going with this. All right. So welcome back, guys. If you were if you were watching before, we kind of had a little camera issue, as is per usual. We're still working through that. We're diesel guys, not camera guys. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for tuning in. This is episode number twenty-five. We're gonna be talking about off-roading in your diesel pickup, and I am here with not Tyler. Not Tyler. I am Ash. This is Mr. Ashford West. Uh, he sits next to me. We make googly eyes at each other. And uh, don't be surprised if you see some memes with me giving Ash the googly eyes because he just screenshotted me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Ash does a lot of our uh, off-road power products here. Off well, if you guys know, we have multiple companies here, diesel power products and off-road power off products. So. I do diesel and off-road, so I'm pretty, uh, pretty proficient in both. So most of you guys may have talked to me on the diesel side. Now that we're firing up the off-road, that's been my specialty in the past. So that's where I'm going to be eventually headed. But uh, we'll be able to give some insight today since the topic's off-rotary. It is off-rotary here, diesel pickup. Uh, we did have someone ask a question. It says, what kind of beer is in your cup? No comment. Apple juice. <laughs> Apple juice. <laughs> no, at the moment, I'm actually having a Coors Light. Same. Yeah, usually I'm more of a Mac and Jacks kind of guy, but today is a Coors Light kind of day. So let's get into the topic today. Yes, let's get it rolling. I think the, the overall genre that we're going to go with today is kind of just like uh, more or less don't be that guy or think ahead kind of the, maybe the yeah. – if, if we could at least impress upon you two or three things that you maybe wouldn't have learned to your third or fourth time out today, then we've done our job. That's all we ask. Yeah. I should preface it that – if you've been off-roading and you're advanced, this episode may not get you much. 
Um, maybe there'll be a couple things in here that you're like, wow, I never thought of that. But for the most part, let's just call it 101. Um, you know, we're not gonna get too in depth, but we're gonna go over the kind of the meat and potatoes there. I think we need to turn our phone right side up. I don't know what the hell's going on. Uh, just so you guys know, we actually taped our phone to a stand, so we're gonna going work with us in here. Yeah, I guess we're like, if you try and go sideways, we go upside down. That's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> now we're upside down. Yeah. Uh, Yay for that. Yay. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, let's see if we can get this going. The tape is backwards. Uh, there's more tape right down here. It's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long time. Time out, guys. Don't leave. I'm going to I'm gonna stay here so you can look at my face. Yeah. Ashford, keep talking. You're beautiful. I'm beautiful. So, you're going to start taping? Mm-hmm. Hang tight. Oh my goodness, my gaff tape skills have definitely decreased. Yay for that. <clears throat> Make sure you leave a comment if you think we should get a... Oh, dudes. <laughs> Perfect. Is this happening? We're doing it. Oh my goodness, did I do it? We're doing it. We did it. Okay, I'm gonna sit down and get it squared out. We're gonna have to get real close. Yeah, it's okay. We like each other. Come into frame. How are we looking, boys? Winning. Are we winning? Are we winning? All right. Welcome back. <laughs> if you stay tuned, awesome. Someone said they want to see me. Or, it was me. Check yeah. Here. Ash. Do, do the man's At a later date. <laughs> At a later date. Anyhow, so we're going to get back in off-road ring here. Thank you for staying tuned if you have thus far. If the phone falls down, you're probably going to hear a bunch of adult words. And you know what? I'm okay with that. We're, we're, we're working through the issues. Mm-hmm. Adapt, Adapt to overcome right now. <laughs> so let's talk about having a plan. Should you have the most detailed plan of your life every off-road trip? No, I mean, again, it kind of depends. Uh, if you were with us last time when we had some issues, it depends on what you're doing. If you're going on a trip that you're just winging it, a lot of times that's fun. I've had the best trips of my entire life, trips that we never planned. We just went out and we enjoyed off-roadering. But I think, as you had mentioned before, there's kind of the, the fine line between, what, how did you, How'd you word it? Fine line between uh, planning to have no plan. Uh, yes. Yeah. So have... plan to have no plan. You can you can plan all day and still have your plan go to shreds. However, if you take the time to just make sure that you have the basics covered, your food, uh, your tools, your yeah. recovery equipment, your people, 
Yeah, and, Absolutely. And taking care of the basics will let you, oh, just like when you're camping with your family, you want to go out and have a good time, not have to worry about anything. But if you go completely unprepared, you're probably not going to have a good time. Yeah. When was the last time you went camping without a tent or a sleeping pad or a sleeping bag? Could you do it? Yeah. It's probably not going to be too fun, though. So, yeah, yeah I guess starting off there, I mean, step one of, of going off-road, obviously you're going to need a vehicle. Uh, I would assume that most of our viewer, viewers are going to be in a diesel pickup or some form of four-wheel drive pickup, which is a great foundation. It depends on, you know, what you're doing. Uh, but I said, as I said before, mission is going to kind of dictate your gear and where you're going, what you're doing. Um, you mentioned, you know, you wouldn't want to go wear your flip-flops to go snow wheeling. Unless you're going to Well, there's that. <laughs> but yeah, make sure that you're, you're prepared for what you have going on. Um, that kind of brings us to, you know, maybe some of the stuff that everybody always forgets or that the, they just, you don't find out until you get there. And then if you've gotten there and you find out it's too late. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we all talked about down on the sales floor when we came up here was food. Food. Rations. Um, whatever you plan on bringing, bring another maybe 1.5, two times what you planned on because most of the time, in my experience being off road, what you plan to go out and do is never what happens. You're going to have some type of vehicle failure or recovery failure, you name it, unless if you're going down the logging road, pretty much plan on having issues. And having you know appropriate rations, food to get you through that—that's mm -hmm. going to be pretty pretty critical. Um, obviously, we, especially in recovery, that kind of brings to mind. You burn a lot of calories when you're shoveling out a vehicle or doing recovery work. Yeah, you're gonna want some food, so that's kind of the I guess one of the nice things about running a vehicle—you're not limited to space. You can pretty much pack anything that you want to bring. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean. There's pretty much nothing you can't bring in a truck. Yeah, I mean, it, it, unless you're having it packed full of people and you, you're trying to bring every single piece of camping gear you own, you're going to have enough room to pack extra food, just extra toilet paper, a, a freaking wet mat. You know, something just that little, those little extra things where you may not think you need it, but when it comes down, you need it, you're like, oh, thank God I had some toilet paper. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That brings us to bringing a friend. Bring a friend. You're my friend. Uh, yeah. I don't like going off-road by myself. Um, have I done it before? Yes. Has it bit me in the butt before? Yes. Definitely best to have at least two vehicles. Um, it's difficult to recover one vehicle without another. Um, of course, there's appropriate tooling, winches, stuff like that you can self-recover, um, which I've used many, many times in the past. But uh, going with a friend, I mean, that's the purpose of being outdoors, being off-road, is in, you know sharing the experience. and. And it's fun to laugh at your friend when he gets stuck. You guys can recover each other. You can smack talk on whose rig's more capable. Bring a friend. That's that's like the 101. Have somebody else to go with. Yeah. Cameraman. A cam. A cameraman. <laughs> so when. Yeah. When I've been on both sides of that, and they're both equally as fun. When you're feeling a little bit spirited. Yeah. And you want to do something, have a cameraman. I will say. Being either the cameraman or the driver, one is a lot more expensive than the other. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Definitely on both ends of that. Yeah. So that kind of, we talked about something that's a very important topic right there, that's recovery gear. Mm -hmm. We're going to start transitioning and talking about recovery gear because that is huge. You can have, 
you know, you, you may think, you know, you go to your, your O'Reilly's and you're like, oh, I need to get a toe strap or something like that. And the guy behind the counter is, oh, here's your 16-foot toe strap. That'll get you out of anything. Yeah. That's not the case. It's not true. You need to actually prepare and have some real parts and pieces. And, and we've got some here that we're going to show you as well. But yeah. that's some, some real items that are going to save you. And a lot of times, if you buy them a high, a high enough quality part the first time, you won't have to buy it again. You know, buy once, cry once. Spend a little bit extra money and get a good one. I say that so much. My, if my lady is watching this, she would laugh because I say buy once, cry once so much because I've bought so much junk in the past and it's always failed me or let me down when I needed it most. So if you're going to buy quality equipment, or if you're going to buy equipment, buy quality equipment, especially when this means... My previous job, when I worked in the off-road industry, I would tell guys all the time, they'd come in and look for a winch, and they'd buy the $300 winch, or they'd be looking at buying the $300 winch, or buying the $1,200 winch. And I would always say, I like going home at night. Simple as that. Yeah. Would the $300 winch work? Maybe, but I know the $1,200 winch is probably going to get me home 100% of the time. Over and over and over again. Over and over again. So, I like being in my own bed. Uh, especially where we're at in the Northwest, pretty adverse conditions, snow, rain, you name it. I've slept in my rig overnight, it sucks, I like going home. So having recovery gear, and I would start that before we dip into the actual gear, mm -hmm. you have to have the recovery components on the vehicle first. If you have a really fancy strap or a snatch strap or a bubble rope or you name it, and you have no spot to hook it to your vehicle, what good does it do? you have to have locations on your vehicle to recover it. Being off-road, you're bound to get stuck, you're bound to have issues. Having a location on the vehicle to recover from is critical. And that doesn't mean that you have a two-inch receiver ball on the back, this means front and rear. If you're going off-road, there's a reason why people will have recovery points in the front and in the back. Um, critical, I couldn't stress that enough, I haven't spent so much time on the trail trying to recover vehicles that have no location to recover from. You know, putting a chain around a tie bar and ripping the sway bar off, and it's just, it's no fun for anybody. So have, have recovery points. And that's mostly because a good high quality strap, it's gonna be closed looped. Break this bad boy out. Open it up. I just finally actually started getting me and my wife's vehicles equipped because it's about time. We have a kid now, and I just, I've. Ashford has bailed me out more than once, <laughs> and I feel bad. So I figured it's about time for me to start having some real stuff. Recovery gear is it's big. I'm a big gadget guy myself, so having like buying nice recovery gear, God, it pays for itself. Um, one of the big things, starting off with, as you mentioned, is a closed loop strap. The end is closed. That means nothing can slip off, nothing can fail. If you're using this from the auto parts store that has the stupid little hook on it and there's slack in the line and then you go to recover the vehicle and that hook pops off, guess where that hook's gonna go through? Probably your front windshield or the back, depending on where you're you know, pulling from. So having a closed loop strap is just extra security and most of high quality, you know, high end straps like this, they're not actually a fixed strap. This is actually called a snatch strap and it uses this magical thing called kinetic energy. It acts a lot like a bungee cord I guess that's the layman's terms, is it, it actually stretches and it increases the pulling power from the recovering vehicle to the stuck vehicle. And my favorite thing about it is you don't get like that harsh whiplash. Everybody's pulled their buddy out with a chain before and it's like, 
break your neck, rip the front of the truck off, you don't get that disease. Mm -hmm. So that's super cool and a safety factor obviously is having closed loops. You're not gonna have this thing pop off. Yeah, and the fact that it's not 16 feet long. Well, there's that, yes. Having the right length. Um, this is a high quality strap. I run these, I've ran ARV straps for years. I, honestly, I probably bought my first one 10 plus years ago and I've ran them since. I love the ARV straps. There's a lot of good companies out there that make them, but uh, nice thing about these, they have this protective sheath on them that you can put around like your critical components where they may get cut. Um, they are closed loop. They're doubles, you know, thick. I mean, this, what's this about that? 175? Yeah, 17,500 pounds. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a big boy right there. That would take out any, any you know, three quarter, one ton truck. Mm -hmm. The next question would be, how do I hook this up if we got just a closed loop? And you can go about that a couple different ways. Uh, these are kind of, I would say they're new to the market, not extremely new, but these, these they're called synthetic shackles or gator jaw or however you want to say shackle. it, soft shackle. These things are awesome. And the cool thing about these is they're not like vehicle specific. Everybody's used the old D-ring where you have like the shackle or D-ring, everybody calls it some different clevis, um, which they work fine, there's nothing wrong with them. They have really good brake strength, they're, they're strong, they have good tensile strength. They look cool. They look cool. I run two in the front of my truck, two in the back. They work. But the cool thing about the soft shackles is you can, you can go around anything. So if you don't have, <clears throat> excuse me, like a recovery point to go to, like maybe you just have a, I don't know, a hitch, a hole, bumper that has a large hole through it, you can pretty much run these through anything and give you a recovery point to pull from. So these are super universal. Everybody's on there saying that these are going to be weak because they're synthetic. Big differ. These actually have a higher brake strength than an actual shackle. And then also safety wise, if that safety. does break compared to a metal shackle, this breaks, it falls. That's a big thing. The D-ring, it breaks. <laughs> there is a... Hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. Excuse my language. There is a shit ton of energy behind these straps. And when things fail, things go flying. And I don't want to be in the line of fire. If this thing were to hit me, it's going to hurt a lot less than a three-pound shackle. Yeah. So... Plus, after I priced them out, these were... Not bad. They're not a whole lot more. And the reason I liked them is that they... So I have these in my Suburban... And I also have in my wife's escape so that pretty much anywhere on the front or back of her escape, she can have a closed loop recovery system. If for some reason I'm not there, maybe I'm in the car and someone comes over to help us or she's driving home from work and slips off the road because she drives on a pretty nasty road. She's got the parts where pretty much anybody, if a you know, good hearted Samaritan comes by, hey, let me pull you out. Yeah. They should be able to get done with anything that they have here. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Unless yeah. They, any level headed intelligent person would be able to do so yeah so, I did show her how to work this thing because I'll be honest the first time I saw these Cooper brought them by and I was like <laughs> really guy really you're, you're gonna it was for a howitzer oh. <laughs> like you're gonna pull a howitzer this thing goes, oh yeah he goes yeah yeah right and then the starter went out on the school bus and I had to tow it back into the shop did you No, Sands pulled me back and we didn't I, I had grabbed this off a of howitzer it was one that had been through two UAs this thing had been beat to crap and it had pulled people out. And I was like, okay, well, hopefully this thing pulled. It pulled, it was perfect. Yeah. 
I did believe it until I saw it. I was like, yeah, I'm hooked. He's this cool. little 716 line has a brake strength of 32,000 pounds. That's pretty damn strong. Yeah. And it's light. And the cool thing I like about it is you can pretty much throw this anywhere. You could also, like, you hit people with it. Yeah. yeah. Like a little monkey's fist on the ass. Like, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two, some really good things to have in your recovery gear, and I'm, I'm pretty stoked on this because this is actually all my stuff. I just recently bought it like yeah. last week. It's all been showing up at my desk. It's like Christmas every day, um, but these are all really good things to have on there. I think we're going to transition. I, I want to talk about the one thing that everybody always says you have to have, and you've personally saved me with this this exact kit. Yes. So a little backstory on Ashford saving me with this kit. Fourth of July, 2017. Something. Yeah, you know, not too long ago. My wife is like eight and a half months pregnant, roughly right in there. And we're going out to 4th of July, going out in the, on the river. Oh, was it 16? It was, it was 17, yeah. Something like that. Uh, going down to the lake and, and going to meet Ash and having a good weekend and like that. I'm in the old school bus. We're driving down this dirt trail. It's, a trail is giving it a little bit of credit. Yeah. There's not a whole lot there. And I had just put my Carly system on there, so I'm feeling spirited, right? <laughs> And I'd be lying if I said I hadn't had a couple of apple juices. And we're going down and I've got these bald 35s on there that I just had to hold my space over until I got my 37s. And I'm getting it and all of a sudden I'm like, ah, it doesn't feel right. I get out and I got a flat tire. I'm like, ah, crap. And it's like a four mile road. So it's the middle of summer, the sun's going down. It's still like 100 degrees. So my wife being the trooper that she is, she and I both rock the rest of the way back to the camp or down to the campsite. And of course, you know, I told Ash, this, this is one of those things that technically, I, I wouldn't know if I would call it like an off-road thing, but like, there's no cell reception there. There's kind of a sketchy road game there, letting them know, hey, I'm going to be there around between seven and eight or something like and that. And I knew you were going to be there, and I, like, I'm pretty sure I told multiple people that something's not right, he's not here yet, there's an issue. And just about that time, you guys came walking around. Yeah, strolling down. My <laughs> wife's got the baby walking down. We're walking down, flip-flops and everything. Flip-flops. And, uh, <laughs> and we get there, and he's like, ah, I didn't, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't see this coming. So we get back on the first, we have some dinner, you know, because the car's not going anywhere. We're not going sure. anywhere. So we set up the tent and everything. While there's still a little bit of daylight, we eat real quick, and then we get on, get on the quad, two guys up on a quad. We didn't make eye contact. <laughs> There's no eye contact at all. For the record. <laughs> and we grab our grab our tools and everything like that and we go and we investigate. And I was the big flat spoon tire. Too. Yeah, he was a big spoon. I was a spoon. I'm a little spoon. I'll, I'll, I'll be the guy. That's fine. My wife will agree with that. I don't mind being a little spoon. And we get down there and I've got one tire that's just on the wheel flat. Like, okay, do we know where the leak is? No, we don't. So we get out your compressor, we start filling up the tire, trying to find a leak and anything like that, and we find it and we patch it up drive the excursion back into camp because it's already about 10 o'clock at that point. It's not going to do yeah. any good to go home. Um, and why ruin a good weekend? We at least have a plug. And I know that, you know, tomorrow morning if I wake up and the tire's flat, okay, well, we got to figure something else out. But we might as well not lose the weekend. Sure. So we get our tent set up and everything like that. We're down there having some good times. Wake up the next morning. The other front wheel's flat. I couldn't make this up of a <laughs> So the other front wheel's flat, and so we used the same freaking repair kit, patched that wheel, and then I drove all the way home, and it worked great. And I think I kept driving on for about another two weeks until my, my tires came in. Yeah. And I think we had to put like six plugs in that thing, because it wasn't just a puncture, it was a gash. 
So just plug after plug after plug after plug until it held, and it just it held, and it was great. And it was the the old Speedy Seal kit from ARB. These things were awesome. I've had the same kit probably about as long as I've owned ARB straps. Um, they are handy as hell. They have all kinds of cool tools in them, and even if you are not off road, I would put one of these in my rig. Um, God, I did. Being able to physically patch a tire rather than having to change it completely. I mean, option one would obviously just throw your spare on, but sometimes you don't have a spare. Mm -hmm. In his case, he didn't have a spare. So this this uh, was a saving grace that weekend. And I have used it on my personal rigs so many times. I've repaired two of your tires. I'm pretty sure I repaired Dustin's tire in the parking lot. Yeah. One of our other sales techs. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I. I've literally sewn sidewalls. You guys have all heard, heard the story from me that I've literally had patches that big ripped out of sidewalls and somehow made them work with these patch kits. So uh, if you're not familiar with them, you get like a ringer tool, which you're gonna find the location of the hole. Hopefully it's a gash or a hole. You're gonna clean it out. So do that first and then you have your little plugs. These things are like as gooey as gooey gets. And they actually come with quite a bit. Like, yeah, you got you... like a crap ton of them in here. I mean, yeah. can, I mean you do work. You can do a lot so, of that. And uh, the, quite a bit. The, one of the things you're gonna notice is like, oh, we can get a patch kit at O'Reilly's like 10 bucks or something like that. That's like a, a single use minimal tools. Yeah, you get like, you basically you get, get like, like four of these and then they're like and then this. crappy as really crappy and I've noticed that they dry out really quick. It, buy once, cry once. This is the kind of thing that's going to get you home in your own mm -hmm. bed. But then obviously you've got some other tools. You've got your install tool which you put your plug through and pop it in. you got little knives to cut it, air yeah. gauges. Um, they give you needle nose pliers to go along with it. Yeah. And valve stems. Valve stem, valve cores. You know how many times I've been on the trail and had a flat and I had to like pull the valve core out you know the first thing that happens it's gone so it's cool it's a, it's a nice kit I would say everybody should buy it and it's pretty cheap too we have it on our site both of our sites um, and they're inexpensive it's a good tool to have so have 40 the ability, or 50 right in there I think yeah having the ability to, to do tire repair obviously filling or fixing a tire does you no good if you can't put air into it so that would kind of be like the next subject is having onboard air. You don't have to get, yeah, you got, you got, there you go. You don't have to get crazy with onboard air. There's tons of onboard air options out there. Um, again, I, I've said it before, mission's gonna dictate your gear. If you're a dude that off-roads all the time, you're airing up, airing down, then a small kit like this, probably not gonna be your best bet. You're gonna want you know, physical onboard air, whether it be a power tank, or some of like the twin air compressors that ARB offers. It's gonna be way better of an option. You're gonna have more CFMs, more volume, get your tires filled up quicker. Where something like this, this is great for like your application where are you off-road all the time? No, but you could definitely, you know, have the ability to fill a tire and inflate a tire. There's there's tons of benefits for this. Filling up kids' toys when you're at the lake blowing things off, inflated tires. These won't have the capability to run like pneumatic tools, but um, you know, it's a lower, lower end entry level pump. I shouldn't say entry level, because I think entry level, I think like the $20 ones at like O'Reilly's yeah. that this one's rated turn on and like, then they're dead. Yeah, this one's supposed to be able to work and uh, fill up to a 35 from dead in minutes or something like that. 
Yeah, this probably has like a 33% duty cycle. Yeah. So you can't run it full time, but I ran one of these for years. They work just fine. They usually, you know, they'll have alligator clips. So you don't have to wire this in. You just clip it to your positive negative battery post and plug your lines in and start inflating. Yeah. So if you got a flat tire, plug it, fill it, you're back on the road. Yeah, I like that it's actually portable. So I actually bought one of these and then a smaller version to have in my wife's car because I also got a, a everything you see here I got in her car except for this thing. I got a little smaller version because she has obviously little yeah, tiny car tires. Um, but it's, it's, it's peace of mind that not only can I plug the tire, but I can fill it and we're on our way. That was a big thing for me and I, I, I'll be honest, I feel kind of more like an adult now. That's good I should have done that a long time, long time ago. I, I find myself pushing my limits too. I've been off-road doing it pretty much my entire life. My dad was into it. I grew up into it. I've been in that industry for, God, it's like 10, 12 years now. So I've been, I've been into it a ton. I always find myself, when having this gear, having such a more enjoyable time because I know that if something does happen, I can get myself out of it. And that, I think that's, I mean, let's all be honest, if we're men here, it's kind of fun getting to that point where you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it or I'm not gonna get home. So it's, I find myself pushing it even farther and farther when I have good gear. Yeah, that's very true. That kind of goes along with the, like, don't, like know your limits, but also like, if you know your limits, you know how far you can push it. And you can know that like, okay, don't get it over your head without good reason. Like, you know, like, okay, maybe I haven't done this before, but you know, going off a of prior experience, seeing other guys do it, you know, okay, I know that, I'm not doing that. Like, yeah. I, I, or it's like, you know what, I've got like 12 buddies here, I've got all the parts I need to get fixed if something should happen, and you know, worst case scenario, I know that if I do this, I'll, you know, I'm, I might break a shaft, in which case I've got the whole weekend to get myself out or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, okay, let's give that a shot. But, you know, conversely, you're by yourself, or you're with one of the person and their Jeep is built to the freaking nines and you're rocking like a stock JK and they barely make it up something. There is something to be said about driver talent, but equipment plays a big factor as well. Yeah, that's kind of one of those things about off-roading is, yes, I will. I would definitely always argue that driver skill is the most important thing, but unlike other, let's say like sports and stuff, there is a lot to do with the actual vehicle itself set up, it's wheelbase, it's tire, it's tire compound, um, you know, suspension, travel, there's a ton that goes into that. I mean, don't expect to outdrive another guy within reason if he's got a much more capable rig. As long as he's not a bonehead, chances are he's going to be able to get through the obstacle a lot easier than yours, mm. than your, you can or your vehicle can. So don't be a bonehead. Know your limits if you're driving a stock vehicle. And I should rewind a little bit there. In my experience, in my professional opinion, Start with a stock rig. If you're just getting into off-roading, start with something stock. I've seen a lot of people think it's a super cool thing to get into. They'll buy this completely insane built rig that's locked front and rear and they'll get out and they'll roll it, they'll hurt themselves. I've had it happen to my personal friends before. If you get out with a stock rig, you start to learn, um, let's say driver error, you start to learn what the vehicle's capable of, what you can and what you can't do, being open differential, you'll start to learn tire placement, um, there's a ton involved into that. A lot of people just, you know, in one ear, out the other. But there's a lot to be said for that and then growing with the vehicle as your skill level progresses. Rather than just starting off in something crazy and expecting to be good at it, you're going to end up getting yourself hurt. 
Yeah, I'd say getting with a stock vehicle, you, the, the, the platform itself is going to be a little bit more forgiving. Whereas sure. you can get in over your head really fast with a really built Jeep. Whereas with a stock Jeep, yes, you can still get over your head. You can still screw yourself. You can still roll it. But, you know, accidentally hitting the throttle when you have 600 horsepower on a rock climbing rig or something like that. It's like, okay, stock JK, you're not going, you'll be good. Yeah. So I think right now I want to transition to the, the Ashford West three things that nobody things to bring. We already talked about one because we talked about it a whole bunch last time. It's a tire repair kit. Tire repair kit. So what are the two next things that you have found in your experience where it's like the oh shit moment, the I wish I had this, I wish I would have known this, someone should have told me this earlier. Yeah, I guess I got a ton of experience there. Even I do a lot of like adventure bike riding and one of the biggest things that I've noticed doing that, and that's no different, I mean you're off road, you're off the beaten path is not having a actual hard copy map. I don't know how many times I've been off road and you see a guy that's operating off of his cell phone on Google Maps and I've, I've done it. I've gotten myself out of places like that. It's a lot of fun doing it that way. But if you plan on going into an area, especially like transitioning into like the overlanding, which we carry a lot of parts and pieces for overlanding. If you're getting into an area and you plan on being there for a, let's say a weekend or maybe longer than that, having an actual trail map which is easy to obtain. I mean, you can pretty much get them at any ranger station or mm-hmm. online nowadays. Getting a hard copy map is, is one of the things that everybody forgets. Yeah. Or even doing some homework ahead of time and doing what you can with Google Maps. I do so much of that. You have. And I'm actually, so ridiculous with that. Like, I plan on trips and I will look at the entire layout, the road, the miles. I'll even write down like on my hand uh, 10 miles there's going to be a Y I'm going to stay right I, I plan all that out so that I can just kind of get to my final destination without any hiccups or burps or issues where you know I've been with other people before that it's just completely you know we winged it and ended up in left field to where we have no idea where we're at <laughs> a lot of fun but good story but good story <laughs> good story I'm glad we've done that but uh, again coming back to a hard copy have a map mm-hmm. have a map Maps are really handy, and you know, it's like a dying art to cartography. Yeah, like yeah. being able to actually run a map. Yeah, or even uh, like, okay, use your columns and your rows and like that, yeah. find your sections. It's pretty pretty yeah. fancy, like, it is pretty fancy. top of the map is more. Like, most people don't even know that these days. Yeah, so having a map is good. So there's our two of the Ashford West, <laughs> three things everybody forgets in the oh crap moment. What's the third thing? I don't even remember what I said earlier. I got too many things. I think I know what I would say. What's that? Zip ties. Zip ties? Yeah. I've gotten myself out of a lot of things with zip ties. You can do a lot of, you can do work with zip ties. All kinds of zip ties. The big ones, the old big zap straps, the small ones. Yeah. I don't know if it's like one thing, but just having replacement items for the known failure locations of your vehicle. Um, that would probably even be my rant later on in this conversation. It's like, Okay, I know my vehicle is capable, I have a spare tire, I have all these components, but I don't have a spare U-joint. It's like, okay, you're getting yourself off-road, you're getting into these issues, but not having the basic components to replace that are known failure locations, like a driveline U-joint, I think that would be, I think that would be my, my third most critical one. It's not a specific part, but just having the known components that fail on your vehicle on standby. 
And even keying up of that, taking it one step further, if you know that your vehicle is prone to blowing U-joints, having the right tools to be able to replace that U-joint on the trail. Because if you think about it, you're out there, you're like, oh, I knew it was gonna happen. I brought my extra U-joint, you're like, I need to bring a hammer. <laughs> or like, I don't have anything that's really gonna fit that, you know, the hole for me to pound on. I got a hammer, but now I'm using like this oddly shaped rock to try and pound it. It's just taking it one step further. Like put yourself in a crappy situation. Now put yourself with, you know, think through the whole process and make that list. My, my experience always been off-road is it's always like people have, it's always I've been with a big group or wheeling with friends and they will have some of the components, but they won't have all of the components. Like they didn't completely think it through. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you tore a sidewall. Good thing you got a spare, but they don't have a lug nut wrench or a jack. Yeah. It's always that <laughs> way. It's like, okay, so now we got to adapt, overcome, improvise, drive up on something, lift the tire, mm -hmm. you know, which you could do, but just think, think through the process if you're out there, you know, have all the tools to get that job done. If you're gonna break a U-joint, have tools to fix it. If you're gonna have a flat, have a jack and a lug nut wrench. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, taking it that extra step. And now we're gonna transition to one of my favorite segments about this. Don't do this. Don't do this. This is like the don't do this, don't be that guy thing. Yeah. And I know what I wanna say first. No, I just know what you need. <laughs> Lockers before light bars. For sure. Just put a freaking locker in. If, you, if you're gonna spell, spend $1,200 on a light bar, or $1,200 on four light bars and all this other kind of stuff. Save the money, put a locker in, and you'll thank me later. You see the people that run like light bars without lockers though, they're usually the ones that buy like the cheap Chinese eBay light bars that are 63 bucks for a 12 pack of them. Mm -hmm. I think that's the only time actually I would condone cheap eBay light bars is if you have like 1,500 bucks and you wanna do the next thing. It's like, okay, spend the 1,300 on a locker and then get the crappy light. Yeah. Or just save up, buy, buy yeah. quality stuff. If this is, is if this is your passion and what you wanna do, and if it's your family that's going with you, buy good stuff, buy good stuff. Uh, obviously lock, lockers are critical. Some people may not know what those are. Differential lockers, so they actually have drive power to all four wheels and tires. Uh, most of our trucks nowadays are open differential front and rear, meaning you have essentially power to one front tire, one rear tire, especially if one is lifted off the ground, which happens when we're off-roading, you have no forward movement or power, you just have a tire that spins in the air. So lockers are kind of one of those things that are critical. Ton of other things that come with that, gearing, tire choice, wheel choice, suspension choice. Um, you know, that that's a, another episode. That's a whole other episode. That's like <laughs> two episodes, possibly. But yeah, lockers before light bars, <coughs> be smart about it. What's you? What's your don't do this? Mine is don't be the guy that can't fix his own stuff. I have been. I probably sound like a broken record here because I've been I've been wheeling a lot in my life. That was like my main hobby and my passion uh, long ago. But on all of the trips I've been on, there's always the guy that has a well-built rig, but he either bought it that way, kind of that thing. I mean, built not bought. Mm -hmm. He either bought it that way or just has no, he's just a mechanical dummy. And it's the most frustrating thing because he'll be the guy that creates a big tampon on the trail by breaking something and then has no idea how to fix it. Everybody else has to you know, now contribute to fix the vehicle. Just don't be that guy. Like the biggest thing I always say with guys getting in is 
start with a stock rig and you can modify it on your own. Learn the mechanical skills needed to build it. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you, became, you, you, know, you become more familiar with the platform and how to fix or replace those things. It's like, if I put lockers on my own rig and I break a ring and pinion, I've been in there before, I know how to take it apart. I know how to disassemble it. If I've put a suspension lift on, chances are I've took my driveline off before. So if I break a driveline U-joint, I probably have already been there before. But you get the guy on trail, don't be that guy that has no idea how to fix anything. Uh, it's, it's no fun, it's no good. Have some mechanical skill and knowledge. If you're going to be off-road, have the tools and the knowledge, the brain power to fix the items that are going to break, because they will break. And if you don't, make sure the guy riding shotgun does. Yeah. Or it, it's, and I guess the, not to discourage new people from going off-road. It's true. It's, and that's kind of actually, I, I think your rant is going to be fantastic. But it kind of goes along the point where just knowing your limits and being prepared. You, you, you save yourself a lot of grief there and just knowing what you're getting into. And I think that's, that's huge out there. Don't be afraid to go out there and try it for the first time. Just do a bit of forethought. Yeah. You know, sure. Talk to someone who's done it before or watch some videos. YouTube is a great resource. Yeah. I saw a meme today yeah. that, that made me laugh and it was related to firearm stuff, which I'm also into, but it says, and you could totally put this in off-roading, when, when you show up to go off-roading and it's a picture of the NWA guys mm -hmm. and it says you're about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Yeah. YouTube. You can learn a lot off of YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely not see the pants, but not learning actually how to have driver skill, but yeah, learn a lot yeah, before you, you go. And a lot of that stuff too is like you're talking about, you know, maybe you didn't install lockers in your truck, but you did, this is gonna sound really bad, but hear me out, but you watched a video of someone installing lockers, so that, or and you, you watched a video of someone installing a lift and they took their drive shaft off, and they told you that you're gonna be using, you know, a small box head wrench, and you're barely, barely going to be able to fit it on there. Going to be so you you have that frame of mind at least. Maybe you haven't done it before. I'm not saying you're certified to do gears because you watch someone on YouTube. I'm saying like if you were to open, or take your diff cover off, mm -hmm. you know what you're going to see. It's not like a, a mystery behind this diff sure. cover. So just kind of having that, a little bit of that knowledge is huge on YouTube. I think one of my thing is uh, it's going to sound really bad. But know how much fuel you have. No much. No much. How much? fuel or gas you have. Yeah. It's and even having that extra five gallons, you might think it's not going to get you a whole lot. Five gallons is pretty much the same as a million gallons when you have zero. Yeah, I've been on several trips that we were like, you screwed. If I didn't have five gallons of fuel, I wouldn't have made it. I've been in trips where you've been on <laughs> inclines and like rolled over so far on your side back when I was in the like wheeling and rock crawling to the point to where the fuel tank is so low that the engine won't run because you're on an angle. <laughs> and that's when you know you're low on fuel. So having extra fuel on board, that's like a no-brainer. Everybody already knows that. Mm -hmm. Recover of gear, fuel, you know, basic tooling, a winch. Let's look at that bad boy. We've been working out, so yeah. if Ash looks really strong, this is why. I can pick up a winch with one hand, actually. Yeah. Strongest man alive. Good Talking winches. about recover gear. Good winches. This is a Warren Xeon. This is a 10. Yeah. Yeah. 10S. Synthetic. Synthetic line. 
Synthetic line is awesome. Look into it. It's so much better than cable. It's the wave of the future. For self-recovery, use synthetic. It's expensive, but you'll thank me later. Um, it's a big safety thing. It's easy to work with. It's lightweight. It takes a bunch of weight off the front of your vehicle. When it breaks, it doesn't have kinetic energy, so it doesn't come whipping around and cut somebody's legs off. Um, it's easy to work with. You don't have to wear gloves, not like steel cable where you just tear up your hands. It doesn't rust, it doesn't kink. Everything about it's awesome. The only time I wouldn't recommend it is if you're doing like, I wouldn't say like vehicle operations, but doing like logging operations or lifting things or pulling stumps and stuff. It's not gonna work good in abrasive conditions. So if you're like dragging this against something abrasive, it's not gonna be your friend. But vehicle to vehicle or vehicle to just recover itself, synthetic line's the way to go. And make sure you have the proper fair lead to go along with it too. Oh yeah, that's like a dummy one too. Everybody puts this on with a roller fair lead. You have to run a Haas type fair lead or at least get new rollers that are designed for the synthetic line. And quality winches, God, buy a quality winch. Harbor Freight is not a quality winch. It may have worked for your buddy's cousin, but don't try to recover your vehicle with a cheap winch. If you do, well, hopefully it's, you got a backup plan because I've seen too many fail. So having a quality winch, um, that's like a huge thing nowadays. Vehicle winches, have, God, the technology has changed. They're all solid state. They used to be huge. Yeah, you had this yeah. huge relay box that would always fail on you because yeah, solenoids would burn up. The new, like for instance, this worn one, they're thermatically protected, so if they overheat, they shut themselves down. You're starting to see wireless winches, so you can actually control it inside the cab. Uh, man, times have changed. It's no longer the old 8274 with a big ratchet on the side and brake drum, and it's, they're- Overheating all the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Winches are cool, have a winch too. That's another good one. All right. We're going straight into the rant right now. And my rant today, you've heard me talk about my Suburban before. As much as I hate this thing, I had to confide in Ashford like two days ago. Was it yesterday or two days ago? I can't remember. Pretty much said, Ashford, I have a secret to tell you. You can't tell anybody, but I'm telling you guys all now. I'm, I've been there. I'm, I'm kind of, my, my stupid, my stupid crappy Suburban is kind of growing on me and I hate the fact that it is <laughs> and that I'm sort of starting to like it. And... The reason behind that is, so I've, I've got a one and a half year old kid, and they're messy. They're messy as hell. And the now that I haven't had to dump any money into it for a little bit, I've actually been able to kind of like really enjoy the whole like no car payment, just put fuel on it and take it out and whatever. And yeah. And I'm actually like excited to see how many miles I can stack on it before it blows up. It's got like almost 240 on it now. Like I would love to get it to like 300 before it blows up. Um, but I was, see, my son just grew out of our first car seat. So I went to go put the next car seat in. And I now see the seat where the car seat was. I would be so pissed if I still had my excursion because that one single car seat from just a year just trashed the seat. Kids are messy. They, they destroy everything. I would, I, it would hurt my heart if, if, that did, if it did that to my excursion seat. Plus but now with my crappy Suburban, I'm like, eh. I, don't give, I don't care. Also, dogs. Dogs are nice too. Yeah. the back seat too. I got both at home. Two kids, a dog. I'm just I'm yeah. thinking about buying a new Tacoma this coming year, and I'm like scared to death what's going to happen to the back seat. There's going to be nothing left of it. Yeah. So I, I know having an older vehicle that you like. Eh. 
That's kind of nice. It's kind of growing on me. Do I miss my excursion? Absolutely. Do I miss having a diesel? Yes. Do I miss having a, like a proper kind of a nice pickup? Yes, I do. But for what purpose it's supposed to be serving right now, it's actually kind of killing it, and I hate it yeah. for multiple reasons. You guys have heard me rant about it before, but. I hate my Suburban, it's doing a great job. It's actually running really well right now, so I'm gonna keep driving it until it blows up, and I'm probably gonna be okay with it, and probably pass it down. It's, oh, God, I hate that thing. <laughs> uh, talk about your rant before I get depressing about Suburban. I don't even remember, what, I had like five of them today. What, what's this gibberish? This is, oh, being on the trail. Being, being a beginner is okay. Being unprepared is not. It's true. I guess I, Again, mission dictates gear. Where are you gonna be? If you're going to the ORV park, yeah, it might be okay not to carry a bunch of stuff because you're gonna be around a bunch of other people. But if you're going up in the woods by yourself and expect somebody to come recover you because you weren't prepared, you're just an idiot. Yeah. That's short and sweet of that. But I have too many rants. <laughs> Another it one is what's going on in social worlds right now. It's okay to be a man and be masculine. Masculine men protect this world. They protect so that people like us can go to bed in peace at night. Mm -hmm. And there needs to be dangerous men in this world because that is exactly what makes our nation great. It's kind of a total squirrel, different subject. Yeah. But it's been on my mind all day. There needs to be dangerous men. There needs to be manly men and off-roading's part of that. I mean, you it's get kind of you get dirty, you recover things, you work on things, you cuss, you yell, you drink, you... With the boys. <laughs> with the boys. You have a lot of fun, though. But, I guess that's that's one of my rants, is there, there needs to be dangerous men out there because that's that's why we can sleep in peace at night. Yeah. It's, yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna have to give you a... I'm with that, 100%. Anyhow, Thank you for watching. This has been our off-roading episode. Ashford, it's been a pleasure having you on here. Yes. You're going to be back soon. We're going to talk more. We have... I, I'm The more I've been filling out my charts about gear ratios, speeds, and everything like that, I'm excited for our gears episode. Yeah, gears are like the most un... maybe underrated. Yeah. Or like the least amount of knowledge out on the industry or for people that have just no idea that think you just throw a big tire on like yeah, we have to do a gearing episode. Um, I know you've been putting a bunch of work into charts and stuff. I've got charts on Excel. <laughs> I've made formulas and all kinds of stuff. It's super awesome. You put in one number and you extrapolate it down. It goes, poof, it just auto fills everything. It's awesome. I love it. It gets me going because I, I, I like Excel. <laughs> all right. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyway, Thank you for watching. Make sure to give us five-star review, screenshot that, send it to BenjusPopRocks.com, blah, 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 blah. Thank you for watching. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Someday we'll get it right. But for now, this is on iPhone. Have a great night. Stay safe. Have a good night. America. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. For all of your diesel performance needs, be sure to visit us at dieselpowerproducts.com. You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. Oh. Ah!
Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.